Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Creative control, creative control Comedy, art, and sometimes rock and roll Let's do a public opinion poll Raise your hand if you love creative control Cause when Vish is unleashed Well, you... Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there I was just working on a tribute song to my favorite podcast, Creative Control, with Vish Khanna. My name is Matthias, and I play in a band called The Burning Hell, but more importantly, I support Creative Control on Patreon, and I think you should too. Quality long-form arts journalism is like a magical talking unicorn. It definitely exists, but it can be really hard to find. Fortunately for us, Vish makes it easy with hundreds of funny, thought-provoking, well-researched and engaging interviews with artists from all over the world. Your flexible monthly donation on Patreon will get you plenty of special exclusive treats and help Vish keep his podcast well-fed and cared for properly, the way a magical unicorn deserves. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. Stephen Lampke is a gifted and prolific songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, singer, producer, poet, and label runner who is based in Toronto, Ontario. For close to 25 years, Lampke has been creating and fostering some of the most distinctive and impactful music of his generation, both in collaboration with others in his solo pursuits and along with Daniel Romano in running an imprint called You've Changed Records. Like a number of recent efforts, 
Romano appears on Lampke's spirited new album, Volcano Volcano, which you've changed sends into the world on April 29th, 2022. Stephen returned to this show for a nice conversation with me about Toronto and galvanization. Why three of his latest songs mention spiders. What the Batman did. The reflective and occasional autobiographical aspects of Volcano Volcano. The times he and I spent driving around in his beat-up Volkswagen Rabbit as teenagers. Colonialism in Canada's untold history. The old Volcano Club in Kitchener, Ontario. A key songwriting influence of late. A complimentary and collaborative release to Volcano Volcano. Upcoming You've Changed Records releases that are on the schedule. Other future plans and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff will happily fulfill your orders. If you want, you can go to them and say, hey, I really like the sound of that Volcano Volcano by Stephen Lamke. Can you get that in the store? Can I come get it? And they'll say yes. Or you can learn more about them about ordering. I don't know, maybe they'll ship it to you. I have no idea. Go to blackbird.ca for more information there. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 682 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Stephen Lamke with your host, me, Vishkana. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Hi, Vish. Uh, it's going well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, first of all, and I think I know this, where in the world are you? I am in my house in Toronto. Nice. That's yes. good. I like that house. I've been to that house. Good house. Have you? Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good house. <laughs> you don't remember me being in your living room a few times? Uh, maybe even upstairs? Once we once we did one of these in your, uh, or maybe it was Sherry's office space. Some sort of office space. Oh, sure. Space. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm sitting right now. Oh, I nice. do actually remember that. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry, I forgot. No, that's okay. Please, I think we've I'm done. Sorry. No, 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 no. Don't apologize. I think we've done two. It's un. It's unusual for me to do uh, uh, so many things in person. I mean, it's, sorry, it feels unusual. I haven't done one in two years. I guess like an in-person uh, interview. But yeah, oddly enough, I can think of two occasions: one in the living room, and one in mm. that space you're in now. Uh, where I came down to Toronto and we talked there. So nice. Okay. Oh, it's good. Was Sorry. that the Just, last time you had me on the show? Did you, did we do that in person here in this room? I'll, well, that's an interesting question because you've been on a number of times and we have yes, done. And thank you for having me on. So again, oh, no, 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 it's, it's my absolutely my pleasure. But, uh, you know what? I don't know the chronology. It's conceivable we did the last one, uh, remotely because we've mm. definitely done this this way too. Anyway. All I'm getting at is it's nice to talk to you and uh, it's nice to chat with you. And I'm how's uh, how's Toronto as we're speaking? It's uh, what is it? Late March, almost late March. How's Toronto feeling right now? I think it's late March. It's what the 25th or something. Yeah, that's right. That count, that's that's yeah. pretty much as late as March gets. <laughs> pretty close. Uh, it's OK. It's been like, you know, there's there's like the hint of spring arriving, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. But it's that time of year when. Definitely the 
weather's up and down and left and right in every which way. So yeah, yeah. I think we're due for some more snow and ice in the next few days, but uh, it's mostly leaning, leaning into spring, I think. Yeah, mood-wise, uh, I know things are opening up as we're speaking. How's that feeling? It's hard for me to speak to the mood <laughs> of the, yeah. in any kind of great sense, because I think that is also up and down and left and right and 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 I think it's it's very uh I don't know if there's like a shared mood if you know yeah, what I mean. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's hard to tell like there's stuff happening stuff's open we're pretty much I think all mandates and such are ended maybe the mask is still in place for a couple more days I can't actually remember when that's ending it's right. ending really soon right if it hasn't already so it's, but everyone's sort of left to find their own way through that, you know, their own comfort levels and, and stuff. So it's really hard to know. I mean, the times I've been out in public to a few events and stuff is people are very happy to be reconnecting. And so that feels really good. But yeah, I think, I think there's still a very wise element of caution yeah, uh, yeah. that a lot of people are bringing to it. So yeah, hard, hard for me to speak to anything beyond, um, my myself well, in, I mean, of in co- speaking to yeah. the mood here. Yeah, you know? I mean, of course, if I'm asking you as a person, not as a representative or a personification of the entire city of Toronto. So when I ask mood in Toronto, I am referring to your feeling of that. My mood in Yeah, well, sure. yeah, you know what I mean? And I think you, you captured that. So I just, I'm curious. I always like to know how people are feeling, where they're living, because everyone... But that is different, right? Like at yeah. the beginning of the pandemic, there was that like oh, we're all in this together. And there maybe was a bit more of a shared hmm. experience or shared attitude, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There was at least the myth of that shared attitude towards it. And that's been completely gone for quite a while. That's true. I would describe it as a mythological galvanization because it just was more... Uh, it was articulate. Everyone was sort of articulating sort of the same feeling and idea and thoughts about how to deal with the thing. And now, every, you know, your friend and mine, uh, Colin Medley, last night's texting me pictures from a, a Raptors game he's at. And, you know, mm. and, it's and uh, you know, sending me shots of the whole arena and it's jammed. And, you know, a year and a half ago, a year ago, well, I mean, that just wasn't happening. What am I talking about? Five months ago, six months ago, that probably wasn't happening. Well, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it's just very, everything's up and down. We're doing our best. And uh, I just, yeah. Just just checking in with you on a on a level of just like, you know, there's cognitive dissonance, but there's also just like you say, feeling. So people are happy to be together, even though uh, when, they, when you go to events, but there's that that tension of like, should we be doing this? It feels so good, but should we be doing this? Like, that's where I think we're all at right now. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, listen, I, I want to jump into uh, this uh, great new record, uh, Volcano Volcano. And one, uh, I have a question. This might seem dumb, but uh, sometimes my questions are dumb. But I was li- I was listening to the record and uh, and and thinking about what you're singing about. And there's three songs. Uh, and forgive me if I get these titles wrong. The world filled to the brim, brave thoughts, and bats in blue twilight. I, I believe those are the song titles. Spiders. This is where it gets a bit dumb. But I I was like, why are there spiders? There's spiders mentioned, or a spider, whatever it is, in all three of those songs, and I can't help, you know me. I'm like, what? what? There must be a reason. There's Why is there a spider in each of these, at least one spider in each of these songs? What is the deal with you and spiders? I, you and I have never talked about spiders. 
What's going on? Hmm. I think what's going on is you're calling me out on on my lazy use, <laughs> repetitive use of images. No, 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 no. no I don't believe it. Primarily, I don't, what's no, happening? No, I don't believe in that. I think you write a batch of songs as an artist, and uh, I think I've. I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but I used to. I only realized in recent years that Gord Downey was a big fan of this, taking the same couplet and just popping it through different parts of a record. Which tells me he was trying to figure out where they where it should fit, and then realized it fit in a few different places. I don't think that's laziness. I think that's uh, what what are they? What would we call it? It's like Easter eggs to me. The spiders mm. are like little Easter. I I don't think it's lazy. I think they were on your mind. So as you're writing, although I also understand this isn't a batch of songwriting, right? You wrote these songs over the course of a few years. Is that correct? Yeah, but I would still describe them as sort of a batch. Sure. You know, okay. like yeah. I, I, I think less that idea of like looking for the right place for that lyric or that image. I think it's, I did discover at some point, you know, in, in my past and I did, I, I'm very conscious that I started doing this uh, with the dog weather album, which is, I don't know, four or five records ago for me, yeah. um, where I realized, oh, if I reuse some of the images, then it kind of ties the whole thing together in a way. Mm-hmm. And I mean that only in that it it sort of created an allowance, you know, or permission for me to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like, what do I want to say here? Because, I mean, the other thing is if you're reading a novel and, like, you see an image, like, repeated in the novel, you're like, oh, that makes sense. You know, that's kind of tying this together. But I hesitate to use that as an example because the way we're taught in, like, grade 12 English class to read that is like, oh, this is a symbol or something, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I really want to be clear that like when I sing about the things that I'm singing about, including the spiders, like I'm not really using a spider as a symbol. I, I am using it as an image in the sense of like, this is something I've seen and encountered in the real world. So Hmm. all of that stuff is meant to like reaffirm reality and not to like engage with like human imposed symbolism. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's just it. We we te- so yeah. I appreciate what you're saying, and it is a little bit of an English class reading to be like, well, clearly something's going on with the spider because the spider keeps coming up. Uh, so the author is either recalling some incident, like maybe subconsciously or consciously, like recalling some. You know, uh, have you ever heard of the Batman? Uh, Batman had a thing where I don't know if you know this story, but basically, there's, there's a guy. He's a Bruce Wayne millionaire, right? Or no, I think he's a billionaire. Anyway, he's rich. And he falls uh, uh, down like a, a, a shaft. It's like a well or something, and uh, it's he shouldn't have been playing down there. But he falls down there, and he's uh, afraid and he's injured. And before his father, uh, uh, Thomas Wayne, can come and rescue him, bats appear, and he's afraid of the bats. He's deathly afraid of the bats, as anyone would be. You get swarmed by bats in a deep, dark well. That doesn't sound good to me. So anyway, he but what he what he does as an adult is he confronts his fear and he takes on the symbol of the bat. This is a bit of a spoiler, but Bruce Wayne is Batman. Uh, I know some people are curious about who Batman is. So my point is, he takes the thing from his childhood and turns it into a symbol of strength and and power. He empowers himself, and I can't as I'm going through this record in particular. Uh, knowing you as I uh, have for almost most of my, most more the majority of my life, I've known you since we were teens. So I I'm picking up on little flickers of autobiography here uh, that 
I'm sure have been present in other records, but, and I don't mean to be reductive, this feels particularly reflective to me. I hear little things, and I'll talk about them with you in more specificity later. So all I'm getting at is when I keep when I see the same image recur, I feel like you're telling me something about yourself. And again, maybe rudimentary English class stuff, but I've never we've never talked about spiders, for example. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. did Steve have some? They are a symbol of fear for some people, a symbol of strength and ingenuity, art, artistry. Fucking spiders, the things they make, the web. That's amazing. I guess I brought up Batman, but I could have brought up Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) 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 Now, anyway, sorry. So what I've, there's a lot going on in what I'm saying here. I was impressed you remembered Batman's father's name. Oh, I'm a big Batman fan. I I like, I haven't gone to see the new one, uh, but I like, there's too, there's too many of these movies. It's hard to keep up with them all. But uh, yeah, I, I. I yeah, I've been collecting Batman comics since I was little. Batman's my favorite character from when I was mm, when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, I actually had a compendium of uh, short stories about Batman, and one of them was written by Isaac Asimov. And I, I was like, I think my it's at my parents' house. Just just bizarre. Everyone just took a crack at writing a Batman story, or were asked to, and it's quite fascinating. Anyway, my point is this: What was my point? Oh yeah. I don't want to dwell on the spiders too much. Let's get to the autobiographical part. Does this feel particularly reflective for you as a record? Um... I'm happy to keep talking about the spiders, actually, okay. for a second. Sure, please do. You know, you you just you offered up a whole bunch of interpretations of what the spider might mean. Mm-hmm. And to me, as like the writer, like that's really like sort of satisfying to hear. Like, oh, it could mean this, it could mean this, it could mean this, you know? Yeah. yeah. But like... To, to somewhat reiterate, like, to me, the spider is a spider, you know, but I put it in the song because it's like, oh, this might like this image of the spider might open up different things and different meanings for people. Yeah, 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 of course. So both those things are sort of simultaneously true. Like, I'm not as the writer, I'm not imposing symbolism or even really meaning on it, but I have an intuition that it might open up meaning for other people. Well, and the thing what I'm what I'm getting at though is you could use a spider once, but if anyone who's listening closely to the record will start to, as I have been, you just wait. He said spider again, and and I just I might have missed one, frankly, but I mentioned three songs. So it's not simply that you invoke a spider. There are spiders on the record, crawling around sure. the record, if you will, and so that's why I'm like, there's something to that. So I get what you're saying. Spider I, is an easy word to work into like a lyric in terms of like the phonetic sound of it and like the, uh, uh. the vowel sound and stuff. So, it, you know, it, it's an easier word to work in than like orange or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, like perhaps that's laziness. But I'll tell you what, the, the original, the first spider that was written into this batch of songs was in a song called August Clover, which is not on the record. Oh, okay. And it was one of the first songs written in this sort of time frame. And there's a lyric in that uh, about the crown of spider. And that was, I was living in uh, just outside Sackville in New Brunswick on a farm and like walking around the yard in the morning. And in late summer, like this, you know, the spiders just get really, really big. You know, they've been growing and eating and they're just plump, you know, oh, really? super plump. Oh, yeah. Like, just like 
gloriously like regal you know mm. so, and then the web had dew on it and it was glistening and it was just beautiful and it looked like a crown so crown of spider right that was that was the image the sort of poetic image and then i think like the the spider like to me it sort of unconsciously became like the image of the thing that's like oh it's easy to ignore it's easy to dismiss it's easy to like hate even you know if you're scared of it but it's like it's a part of the world and it's around and it's like participating in the world and the creation of the world in the same way that you know you and i are mm -hmm. so f like again i i i'm not writing it in any given instance to like connect to a symbol or a particular meaning but for me that's the meaning in a way well I, so my thing is i in thinking about this line of questioning and the fact that you invoke spiders so much i am gonna apply some potentially i don't know uh pretentious ideas about spiders because but but i because I, to me I just hadn't thought about it too much that we all kind of accept that a spider exists. But if you think about what a spider is, spider's existence is and what they tend to do with themselves, yes, they are predators and uh, they create these things of beauty, the web, and then they entrap people in them. <laughs> the, the beauty, <laughs> the, like, you know, the, uh, the insects are drawn to the beauty of it on some level. Like they can't, they can't avoid the artistry of what they've the spider has made, so they come close, and then uh, the spider uh, entraps them in the beauty, uh, and then of, well, of the, the 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 dark side is they consume them. But I was trying to think of the the spider as a symbol of of artistry and labor, and <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and and how we relate to and but very like taken for granted. Very kind of like just sort of part of just our it's just part of our understanding that and I was trying to apply this to music on some level like music has just become sort of this accepted quasi not quasi somewhat devalued or taken for granted enterprise but it is very beautiful and for some of us I I've, I'm not I'm not complaining I have been trapped by music like that's just what's happened to me in my life mm. it, it drew me in. It it maybe it has consumed me to some some degree. I'm not trying to again. I feel like this is getting into weird territory, and I don't mean to be a wank, but like I'm just trying to tie. <laughs> I'm just trying to tie that the this these metaphors together because I just hadn't thought of it, and it's very it's very much the fact that you invoke it more than once that made me think there's some to the spider that maybe we relate to as people who do what we do or. Uh, or make what we make, or try to function in the world. Sorry, what do you make of this ridiculous thing I'm saying? Like, again, I'm like really happy that you're having these thoughts. You know, like yeah, okay, yeah. But to me, like, all I'm trying to do is like with the song is offer the opportunity for you to have those thoughts. I'm not trying to tell you what the thoughts should be because to enough. me, like yeah. Yeah. the spider, like, like I love hearing that and like. I told, like, if I was to mark your English essay, I'd give you an A. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. But, but like, when I'm writing it, like, that's not what it means to me. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. You know, like, it actually is just a spider for the most part. The one, the example in Bats and Blue Twilight is a little bit different because it is kind of more metaphorical there. But, like, I would say, like, for the, for the vast majority of, like, how I try to write, like, the spider is a spider. Yeah. 
Fair enough. And I, I'm glad you invoked Bats in Blue Twilight because I want I have I wanted to ask you about this song. I earlier suggested that I pick up on bits of autobiography here more so yeah, than sure. I, I can recall in in previous records. And this song Okay, so uh, I'll, I'm going to actually... Please indulge me, Steve. I'm going to read people some of the lyrics here. Um, Tape deck on the seat beside me, squealing codes and signals, like leaning diamond into metal. Spinning stones and sparks and spiders lay their burning poisons in your ear. I was acting on the license, believing in the perfect silence of the moment. It's a sound that shapes the world. My father deaf, my own ears ringing. Okay, so the, the end quote, if if I may. So that's the lyrical fragment that stuck out to me. And, and I'll tell you something. I was um, I read that and I heard this and I thought I was just immediately transported to your old Volkswagen Rabbit that you and I used to toil. You know, we would travel around in that thing sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I thought of your father, a mechanic, who I believe uh, and a if I'm is is it safe to say uh, an enthusiast of the the fast driving? Can I say that much? <laughs> Can I say that much? I would say that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I I should I be race car? He was into race car driving, right? Race. He was a race. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I and he had a shop in Cambridge, and I believe we feel like that has contributed to maybe his hearing loss. Uh, all of this. So I'm just like, again, I have a weird perspective on this because these are little facts I know. I don't, did your, yeah. did your tape deck not work in the Volkswagen? I may be stretching there. Did you have to have? It did not. No, we played the tapes on a like little, little get, ghetto blast. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember this. So I, okay. So I'm not crazy, right? This is where. No, the, you are, you are like 1000% correct yeah. about this feature. Yeah. yeah. Again, straight A's. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, like I said, for me, it's transport. I think someone listening won't be transported back into your, in, into your passenger seat the way I was. No, of course And not. Uh, by the way, I will tell you, uh, <laughs> to this day, I think of you, there was one time we were driving and, uh, there's an intersection in downtown Cambridge, Ontario. And it's a such, and there's millions of these intersections all around the world. And it's one of those ones where there's a left turn lane that's designated, and then there's a straight lane or a right turn lane, and that's it. You just that's the way the traffic light was built. There's two lanes, and uh, okay. uh, or no, sorry, that's not true. There would be two lanes: one going straight, and one that was optional straight. If you wanted to, and if you were a polite person and you were going straight, you wouldn't block off the right turn lane. At the red light, you would be, you would say, Oh, I'm going straight. Someone behind me coming up might want to go right. I'm going to get to the left. You once pointed this out in, in a slight fit of rage because we were late for something, uh, leaving school. And ever since then, I'll tell you that right now, that's a driving instruction that I have. So you will see me. (laughs) Oh, the lights turn yellow up there. I better get out of the, and Michelle's like, What are you doing? You have to go right. I'm like, Not now though. I have to go right later, so I'm going to go to the left in case someone does have to go right. And that, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying you are also my driving instructor a little bit. That's all I'm getting at. <laughs> so I, all of this came to me in a sudden as I was uh, pondering these words. So my question, I suppose, is what's happening for you on this record in terms of this this level of specific reflection upon? Like I say, I feel I hear your youth in the lyrical fragment. 
I hear the I also hear the sense of what is this music coming out of this crazy box and what is it doing to me and why is it infecting my ear <laughs> in this way? Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I think like the autobiography definitely with the reckoning with like youth and stuff. I think it's pretty specific to this one song. Mm. I don't think it's maybe too, too much throughout the rest of the record. Yeah. And this song 100% started, I was in conversation with Leanne Simpson and she, you know, we were having a fairly like intensive, real kind of friendship conversation. And she just asked like, how did you end up the way you are? Mm. You know, like a very simple question, not a, like out of, out of, um, not an out of bounds question in any way, yeah. but, I, but it like, I was like, how did I end up the way I am? You know? And I don't think this song like answers the question of how I ended up the way I am, but being prompted like that made me think a lot about my youth and like how I grew up. And my dad's a machinist sort of oh, sorry, more, right. per- more pertinently than a, than a mechanic. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, know. yeah. I wasn't sure. So yeah. the measuring things by the thousandth inch and leaning diamond into metal, like, is all very directly like from that life. You know, like my dad had his own shop, and I worked for him a lot growing up in the shop, mm-hmm. and was around that a lot. So sort of even more so than like the car thing. It's like about that. I see. Or that element, like that's one of the things that's going on in this song. Like that's the sort of physical environment that this song is thinking about. And then thinking about like what, you know, what we're given. And again, because this this was prompted by a conversation with like Leanne, like I was reflecting on like, what the hell did like we learn growing up about like colonialism or like the people that like lived right. here before right. my white ancestors came over, you know? And like the short answer is like, we were told nothing about yeah. this. Like the myth of Canada is like that we, like I was born in the late seventies as we both were. And like the myth was like Canada, the wilderness, you know, Canada was and still is in some like some way like a wilderness. And that was just such like, such an obliteration of the truth, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not blaming, like, my parents, like, specifically for that lie, but, like, they were also party to it, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I was thinking about that as, like, a silence, you know? And so the song is really about, like, it uses the language of like orienting yourself in the world through sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you stop quoting that. Like the next line is bats in blue twilight. And like, obviously the bat, like I am sort of using as a symbol there as of like a thing that orients itself in the world through sound. Right. Right. You know, but at the same time, it's also a real bat because the yard that I, you know, that at the house I grew up in, like the yard, there would be bats outside every night and there was occasionally bats in the house. Mm. So it's both a real bat, but I am sort of using it consciously. And that's the other thing that's going on in this song, like, is when I think about that time and think about driving around in that car, like on the sort of rural roads around my house, like, we'd see so many, like, frogs and turtles and stuff, like, jumping across the road, like, walking across the road. Yeah. And so many, like, insects, like, obliterated on the windshield. And... There's less of all that stuff now. Yeah. 
you know, I don't, my parents don't live where I grew up anymore, so I haven't been specifically back there, but like by like just my own observation and by all sort of scientific accounts, there's just less, less of all that. There's less bats, there's less frogs, there's less insects, there's just less, 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 less of everything. So there is a lot in the song about my childhood and about like these ideas of like what we were given and the sort of silence that we were given Mm -hmm. and the sort of actual silence that's that's sort of coming like the death of all things right yeah so i i'm like i don't know that there's any real conclusion or any real like story that i expect anyone to take from the song because like as you've pointed out like you have to know some pretty particular things to like decode it but like it's all in there for me you know and like thinking about like you know my dad's had pretty significant hearing loss from like never wearing ear protection beside like grinding metal like his whole professional yeah, life yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and i have a tiny bit of hearing loss from standing beside the drummer and- i was well this is this is what i was going to say about it though because i appreciate what you're saying about the silence and how how loud that silence is now in our lives uh the stuff we didn't learn in high school or whatever um on our own i mean i think I feel like I don't want to toot our own horn. I feel like we were a bit more conscientious about certain aspects of the world. If I think about our high school lives, I think so in some ways, but also obviously not enough. Um, It doesn't feel like enough to me ever. But um, what I was going to say, though, about the the noise, it, it is fascinating to me that your father and you were vocationally drawn to noise. Um like that's kind of fascinating itself. Like I I don't mean to get into a conspiratorial the world is a simulation, but it is interesting how we become our parents in sort of ways we don't even realize, I think. I mean, as you may know from hearing me talk to people all the time, I, I wrestle with this all the time. Like just like who am I? Why am I like this? The same as you. I mean, mo- the way you're doing it on this record, I do it in these conversations. Like where did I come from? Why am I like this? Am I uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so my father deaf, my own ears ringing is a really interesting admission to me. Like I am following in a, in a different way. I am following in my father's footsteps in terms of what I do and how it impacts my being. And I don't have a grand point about it, but it just, I'm just trying to say, (laughs) I'm just trying to say like, that's a striking to me. That's striking that you in, in writing this song, maybe came upon this realization about a similarity you share with your father but it's different, but similar. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know, like, if, like, my dad was attracted to the sound, you know, of his profession, you know, but it was just part of the... Well, he wasn't put off by it. Like uh, you He wasn't t- put off by it. You talk about the machinist part of it, and I'm, forgive me again for saying mechanic. I, I know he's no, he no, is no. good with cars, right? Like, he can fix a oh, car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so my point, though, is the machinist stuff, the shop stuff... And the race car stuff. Like, that's all a huge amount of unusual volume that most people wouldn't expose themselves to. And I think us playing in your parents' house... (laughs) Sorry, I'm actually thinking... I know, man. I know. I know. Like, we... It's crazy they let us play in that house. We played in your parents' house. That's how we learned to play music together. And we just went up to that top floor of the house, not the basement, the top floor... 
with windows open in the summer, probably. And your mother in particular, I never really remember. I have no sense memory of your father ever commenting, but I remember hearing from you that your mother was like, every once in a while, enough's enough. Or also she preferred my drumming to someone else's because mine wasn't as loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that they let us play at full volume and we were just starting to play music and we were terrible and like they let us do that in the house at all is astounding to me and so I do want to say like in all this like stuff we're talking about like in the song like the song is not like in no way a a hateful song like no no no. I'm at the same time as like questioning like all the things I wasn't told or given like I, I was also like given a lot by my parents you know and like mm-hmm. given the space to like make terrible music with my friends <laughs> like you know yeah. weird little upstairs kind of like extra spare room or whatever which was very small the house was small and like yeah yeah my mom would just be home like doing stuff and like Watch, watching she would... watching figure skating as i recall sometimes sure yeah, yeah like yeah. eventually yeah that'll be on the next album <laughs> <laughs> um eventually she would like you know run out of patience like fair enough but like it was you know they they didn't get anything that we were doing or why we wanted to do it but like they were broadly speaking like supportive of it totally on my mind every time my children go down to our little music room uh and and whack my drums or play piano and i'm already imagining friends coming over at some point in our trajectory hopefully and because my my son is often talking now about how they want to uh they have a band uh, every few months, mm. they're in a new band. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good. how does that work? Because they don't play together. <laughs> they just have these conceptual bands with names and, and genre, sort of genre signifiers. I'm like, great. Can't wait to hear it. And then, of course, nothing happens. But uh, I like that that's where their mind is already going. And I'm already like, yeah, I think of your parents, honestly. Like, I think of your parents, as you know, uh, Steve, and I've told some semblance of the story many times my parents were not supportive of this so much so that when when i finally would start to buy drum kits and have them in the house i would tell them that they were specifically your brother ted's drum kit that i was borrowing i don't know why i made it ted like if i think about all of it like yes i was i just didn't want to deal with them being like how could you buy a drum kit what a waste (laughs) of time but the notion that i chose ted it seems i think because it was just weird i didn't say you I think it was in my mind a calculation. While I always go to Steve's house to play, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be that far a stretch to be like his brother lent me a drum kit. And, yeah, and they're never going to encounter Ted. Right. Probably, I think so. it was actually pretty. I'm not a. I don't like. I can't lie. I'm bad at it. But I, in in retrospect, pretty good. Not bad. And not bad. went went a long way. Anyway, yeah, those were. Uh, so I pick it up on that stuff. I, I I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the title. Uh, which is sort of the, I guess, the conceptual framework for the record, really. That's what a title really is. Volcano, Volcano stuck out for me because, as you know, and I've been thinking about this a lot recently with the loss of um, Dallas Good of the Sadies because I've I've actually invoked your name in a couple of conversations, specifically uh, with uh, mm. Dan Behar of Destroyer. I was talking about how you and I, after Dallas passed, were kind of reflecting upon our history watching Dallas play music and how when we used to go to this club in Kitchener called the Volcano, 
he was there. Like the first shows we went, uh, I don't like I I know for sure that was me. Like I saw the Satanatras, and then I saw apparently what might have been Mike Belitsky's first ever show with the Sadies. He had to learn how to play the drums in the van, like the the parts mm-hmm. in the van with headphones because they were about to go on a tour. He sorry, Mike was in a band called Jail that was headlining the sh- uh, the, the the tour or that show, and the, a different early relatively early incarnation of the Sadies were playing but they didn't have uh, Andrew Scott of Sloan with them that night or something so Mike was just trying to quickly learn how to play the drums and uh, anyway that was all at the volcano that was a big that was a that was an early mecca for us I would say not just me uh, is that fair to say and I'm not trying to uh, you can deny that there's any connection there of course and I I'm, I'm sorry if I'm stretching with that that part of it but that club was significant for you probably the club for sure. I, I don't I don't know that there's any direct connection to like that song or me titling yeah. the album Volcano Volcano and like yeah. you know, you bringing this up and, and sort of describing it in depth, like that makes a lot of sense that that might be in my subconscious somewhere. But uh it was not how that word entered the song for me, I don't think. Like Yeah, um, and I, I a total stretch on my part, I realize it's just a word, but what what was it? What is it about the the notion? I mean, you've, it's also twice. It's doubled up. Uh, so you, it's not simply. Yeah, please explain why. It's a, it's a little bit hard for me to talk about that song because that was one of like the very rare sort of lucky songs that just came super easy. Hmm. You know, and I've had that before in my like history as a songwriter, and it's it's such an amazing, great feeling, and it happens occasionally, and. But then you're just sort of left with the mystery of where it all came from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and if that happens, it's usually like a good song. And so it is like maybe someone, a song that someone might ask you about sometime. And it's funny, it's always the hardest one to sort of talk about in a way. Right. I think Volcano Volcano flows pretty directly from like the line that sort of ends each verse, which is the world is reordered from below. Mm, right. And I know that there's similar language throughout the album, and I know that's directly like me looking at and grappling with one of my favorite songs in the world, which is The World Turned Upside Down, Hmm. uh, as performed by Dick Goffin on Handful of Earth, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a totally, uh, just a fantastically beautiful song um, about the diggers in revolutionary England during the civil war. And they were like a sort of proto communist didn't believe in personal ownership of, of property. So they were like a a commune of, of agricultural sort of workers, but you know, they were totally, totally beaten down and, and chased out by the powers that be. Mm. Um, And the song narrates the, this sort of historical element in like, really direct and like powerful detail yeah in a way that i've kind of always aspired to like i would love to write a song that that like has facts in it like it starts off at like in 1649 on saint george's hill you know and kind of goes on from there like and i've never really been able to write like that you know like that sort of direct like you can like learn the history of this event through listening to the song Ah. oh you know so but like the idea is that they're sort of like they were putting into actual practice like are very powerful to me like how do you organize a society that how do you organize like you know human relationships in ways that are fair and just and allow for freedom you know like so it's 
a song that I've listened to for years and, and go back to. So there's a lot of things throughout this album that are kind of like that idea of like, oh, like the, you know, the world turned upside down. Like the the sort of people at the bottom can, you know, affect change or practice change or like, yeah, or yeah. Or participate in the world in unexpected ways, you know. Well, you've you've alluded to the. We've talked about bats and spiders, and and I talked about Batman and Spider Man. <laughs> but um, I don't want to neglect all the. And you've invoked the frog. Just talking about frogs and turtles and stuff you encountered in life. There's a lot of nature uh, on this record. A lot of trying to get. It seems like as much like as I say. I think it's reflective about you, but I think it's reflective about us and the world and it's like a love letter to the planet turn the planet over is obviously a very dark song uh in terms of what's going on ecologically i think uh, that's my reading of that uh when you talk about even invoking there's a song called sea level which by the way i want to get into the sound of the record in just a moment actually but I, that really reminds me of shadowy men on a shadowy planet i don't know what it is mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was a, a marker for you but everything about it uh when i think about the some really great um drumming on the on the record uh which is dan, oh it's dan yeah dan romano yep. i was gonna say i thought that might be in yeah anyway there's some really uh cool sounds so i want to get to that but um yeah i can see there's crabs there's all there's rats there's so many animals like it does seem to me like a bit of a, a an apology to the world uh some of this stuff uh and and a and a, and a, and a kind of recognition of these creatures that were here first and no matter what happens will likely be here after us we hope anyway i don't know where i'm coming from with that but as i think about it's just a really outdoor record there's the moon and the sea and the ocean and being outside and twilight like i i I, the more i think about it like you and again i know this wasn't made uh, exclusively during our isolated time but it does it does seem like reaching out to the world and being outside and really reflecting upon what it means to be outdoors, if that makes sense, and be a part of the earth. Um, to me, like, like all that stuff is like, it's more reflecting on like, well, I guess like I said earlier, it's it's trying to like affirm and celebrate the reality of all those things, you yeah. know, and it's looking for like a language of relationship to those things, like... I have yeah. a, I have trouble with the word nature when people use it because like it's often used as if it's something like completely like like there's humans and then there's nature. Yeah, fair and enough. And like yeah. that doesn't fit in with my belief system like at all and that doesn't fit in with like how these songs were written at all like quite the opposite like f- like we are such a part of each other's shared reality that like to say there's nature and there's humans like is a completely nonsensical statement to me no like, I, I i agree with you but but i think you probably understand that a lot of people are like i spend uh 50 weeks of the year in maybe a a work-oriented environment whether your work is at an office or whether your work is out on a farm but then there, there is this compulsion to be like i'm gonna take a break by going camping I'm going to take a break sure. or I'm going to take a break by going for a hike. This feeling like that's going to rejuvenate me. But I think your to your point is that's always there. Like we we are intrinsically 
in nature as humans. Like we, our houses are built in nature. They just they've displaced it, and and uh, on some on the one hand they've displaced it, on the other that's what we've done. We've gone into these forests and things and torn them down and said we want we like this so much. Sorry, everybody who lived here, frogs, bats, whatever. We want to live here too, and so we're gonna bring our machinery in and destroy everything and now we live in nature i don't know this is a weird yeah, but I feel argument like, to, like it's for me it's more that like you and i speaking right now that's nature yeah i go into like right. my tiny minuscule little backyard and like a rat scurries under like the the box that like i plant kale in in the summer like that's nature yeah you know what i mean yeah. like it starts raining like that's nature like somebody walks by yeah. on the street that's nature like to me it's like almost like a meaningless word so like yeah. for me like when I say I'm trying to like reaffirm the reality of things it's like that spider like whatever is nature like it's yeah. just to say like these things are real and we all live in relationship with each other so like yeah to reorder the world from below like involves like sort of acknowledging that and like sort of mutually participating in something yeah Fair enough. No, I appreciate that. Again, I think there's a lot to decipher <laughs> in terms of what you're writing here and what you're singing about, and even in this conversation. So this is going to give me even more to think about in terms of my uh, the English essay I'm clearly writing about this record. I'm um, not like I, I'm I'm not purposefully like putting any of the stuff like in a code in the song, like, but I am writing these songs like from my life and from my like belief system and my curiosities and things and like my relationship with ideas that I encounter like through friends through reading through like so it's like I don't sit down and be like oh here's like here's the code here's the song like it's more just like I live a life I have ideas making music is part of my life and it reflects my life you know like it's inevitably like an expression of my life and my relationships because what else could it possibly be, you know? No, no, and I, I just want to be clear here that this is just me. So I think, I, I appreciate what you're saying about how you're not trying to create these uh, puzzles or distortions of, of thought or anything like that. But as you may know, I mean, one of the reasons I like songs and music is I, I do think of it all as code. Uh, it, it all It all feels like something I need to really dig into to figure out and then yeah it's never and i right love that you're bringing it to that like and i'm not arguing against yeah. you doing that yeah. but i'm just like i'm yeah. differentiating what you're doing from like my original like oh yeah no expression sure. you know and and yeah. i think they're yeah. both like really cool like again like yeah. this is an expression of like us mutually creating something you know and that's yeah. so yeah, awesome yeah. to me like that's kind of like the most hopeful outcome of any of this activity you know yeah well okay good i appreciate that and i i think you and i do from our conversations and our lives together, like we do try to think about things uh, in terms of what's being presented to us by the artists we love um, mm -hmm. and maybe where they're coming from and what we're bringing to it. I mean, it's a recognition that we're bringing stuff to what they've presented. That's what sort of receiving <laughs> stuff is. That's what communication is. It's. I always think a song is a communication. Um, mm -hmm. I've never thought of it in terms of being sort of codified but it, that it's probably true like i mean in me trying to be like this 
what is what are they getting at? What does this mean? What is he? What does this artist say? What are they really trying to say? Like, there's just this feeling that there's something behind it, but it's on me. Like, it's on the receiver to to do all that stuff, uh, you know. And I also am in these positions where I can have a conversation with someone. So anyway, sorry. I, I think we're. I I, I hope we've um, whetted people's appetites uh, and given them something to ponder as they delve into this record but i did you invoked leanne simpson so i want to read something sorry to keep reading things to you i like it but leanne wrote a really wonderful uh, album bio and this one this section of it is kind of informational so i'm just going to read it here's how it goes written over the past few years not specifically during the pandemic and recorded at camera varda the studio built by daniel romano in welland in january 2021 this album's approach spilled out of the studio and into the real world. Speaking of nature, haha. Uh, Lamke <laughs> Lamke took the basic studio quality bed tracks home, taking responsibility over the rest of the process, experimenting with singing, mixing, and utilizing a series of, in his words, junky instruments: thirty dollar guitars from Goodwill, a recorder, and a melodica melodeon dollar store shakers, and the cheapest tambourine, sound-making vessels that in the hands of an amateur might be cringeworthy, heavy-handed metaphor. In Volcano Volcano, these are the moments where practice braids together sound and lyrics, and those are the moments that feel most alive, stretching one's expectations of the very act of recording and listening. End quote. So very well articulated and beautifully. That's just a beautiful way of saying what you did. Uh, So props to Leanne there. But I'm mm-hmm. curious about this process for you. What prompted you to take this studio stuff home, Steve, and then sort of augment it with what <laughs> what apparently you called junky instruments? What why why did you de- <laughs> why did you decide to do it this way? Well, y- you know, we had done the basic tracks uh, at Camera Varda, so like you know, bass, drums, guitar, scratch, vocal kind of things, mm-hmm. and. I just came home with that stuff and started kind of playing, honestly. Like, and so, like, as Leanne's describing there, like, it wasn't like, it wasn't even like conceptualized or used in any metaphorical sense. I just started playing with the things I had at hand, you know, because that's how I understand music. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the music is, is made with, the tools you have you know and like can be made with different things so like i have some cheap shakers that i've bought that sound really nice but they're from the dollar store and like i had bought a tambourine at some point because i needed a tambourine for something and i bought the cheapest one and like my guitars are all in various states of repair and disrepair and like it was just about like, this is the stuff, you know, this is the stuff I have. And I don't, I didn't, I don't feel like that's a compromise. Like, I just feel like, oh, like the act of making music is the act of making music. Oh, and, you know? and I wasn't suggesting there was anything untoward about it or weird about it. I just. No, and I don't think Leanne is suggesting that either. Yeah, like, yeah. the one thing I will say is like, I don't know, I, my record in a weird way is sort of consciously like noisier than maybe some people's records yeah yeah in the sense of like i like when i hear people breathe on records i like when i hear like the drummer move in his seat i like when i Mm -hmm. can hear like so it's not like i'm like chasing after those 
artifacts, like in any kind of, like, I'm not chasing after that stuff, but when it's there, like, that sounds like music to me. Like, that sounds like part of the music. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't cut that stuff out really. And like, I, you know, so there's like, I'm playing like a melodeon, which is like a melodica, basically, like on a bunch of this stuff. And like, that's like human breath. Like, that's my human breath in the air. Mm -hmm. And so particularly for this record, which is about like, us sharing a world and like like breath seems to be such an important part of that so like it does fit conceptually like i didn't purposefully like breathe heavy into the microphone out of a concept but like when it's there like i just like i don't know i like that sound and i like music that you know has that stuff in it so like and when i hear some people's records like honestly like I hear so much control or so much effort towards control that like I actually hear fear and anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear like, I hear a weird expression of fear expressed through a desire for control over every little Mm -hmm. thing. And I don't want to make music out of anxiety and I don't want to make music out of fear. Like that's sort of a personal like life goal for me. Like I want to make music out of my like the more joyous and alive parts of myself you know yeah 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 but i don't want to suggest that there's no craft involved or there's no editing like i edited lots of stuff you know what i mean and like but like even that like i this is the first record i've ever sort of mixed myself mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of like one of the one of the one of these kind of records yeah. like i've done smaller projects sort of stuff that's come out on bandcamp or whatever but like this is the first time i've done it for like a like quote unquote like proper record or a record that I'm doing this whole process of r- release. So like, yeah, like I edited and I cut stuff and I cut out coughs and I cut out, you know, weird, gross, heavy breathing. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like I edited stuff together. Like I don't, don't mean to suggest otherwise. And I did multiple takes to like, try and like get it like the way exact way I wanted to hear. So like there is construction and craft going on and I in no way want to suggest otherwise oh I, and i don't yeah but yeah. but what i'm searching yeah. for is like a feeling of like like a document of like the living sort of process of music you know like and again that's not from some weird external concept that's just what i like yeah you know that's what i like yep. about music there's an authenticity to it and i think yeah but i don't think about it in terms of that like yeah. i'm not thinking about it in terms of like this is more authentic like it's more just like this is this better reflects like my, my beliefs or something. That's, you know? yeah. No, I, I mean, it, every, like I, uh, yeah, I, I read that section of Leanne's bio because I think it does speak to your beliefs and the fact that as she writes at the end, and those are the moments that feel most alive. I mean, there's, there's a liveliness to all of it and it, it's all very ear catching. Like you've done a good job of, um, of not only layering stuff like this in, but you have mixed it well. There's a song, like there are songs where I'm like, it almost has like a a festive uh, children's song quality. I think it's April, May, and June. I might be thinking of, and mm-hmm. uh, the way you've the the voices. There's different voices. Even it's not simply yours. I think. Yeah, it, Dan and Carson both sing on that one. There's some really clever stuff, like clever stuff arrangement wise, and then the way you actually constructed it all together. I mean. As always, you know, I'm a fan, Steve. You should be very proud. I think you've done another... It's another towering 
record. I hope people dig into it is all I'm getting at. Yeah, well, thanks, Fish. And I mean, I did like, I did sort of consciously want this to be like a fairly like celebratory sounding record, you know, yeah, like, yeah. there's, there's some darkness like in the lyrics and there's some darkness in the music. And like, I think that's part of like, having like a true celebration is like that yeah. stuff is there too, you know, but like, I ultimately did want it to be like a pretty like, up kind of experience, you know? Yeah. No, it is. Listen to it. And like, I left off like the song Deep Water, which came out as a B-side to the Every Lover Knows single that we put out in like in advance of this, like Mm -hmm. simply because it's like, oh, that's like so rocked out in like a particular direction that it changed, it changed the vibe of like the experience of this record, you know? And I like, but I like that song. I'm happy it kind of came out in the way it did, but like, I did sort of leave stuff off like that. That was like, Oh, this is, this change is like what I want the whole sort of statement to be, which is ultimately like a pretty positive, like even hopefully at points fun. kind of. And I will say that like, yeah, you've, you've told me uh, sort of um, off the record, if you will, like outside of this conversation, I think you've told me there are more songs and I want to ask about that in a moment because I think there's also a, a project that we're going to talk about that is related to the record. Um, I'll, I'm probably saying this clumsily, so I'll let you fix that uh, for me. But 11 songs is what I'm seeing here, uh, none hovering uh, longer than three minutes and 42 seconds or something like that. 11 songs, 31 minutes. So you've got the brevity, is, is, I think, is part of the celebratory aspect, to be frank. like It, 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 mm. it, it has a pacing to it. It moves quickly from idea and sound to the next and and that gives it a certain um every time i press play and it stops i'm like why is it done already like i i, I kind of know if I, this is not a complaint but i'm like oh i was enjoying that i could use more but maybe this is a nice segue into this other thing that uh, i understand might be forthcoming do you have something to to uh, talk about is that correct yeah so the last song on the record is called Dream With Me and it kind of ends with the that lyric like come dream with me essentially mm-hmm. and then on the record it, it 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 sort of follows that up with a couple minutes of sort of instrumental jam you know yeah. <laughs> musical sort of like conversation but I wanted to follow through on that invitation and like sort of see what other people might do with that so it's a, sort of an odd song to do this with in some ways but i i sent the stems to a bunch of people to to essentially do what they would with you know like i i hesitate to use the word remix because like it's not entirely accurate but that might be the easiest way to understand what happened was like here's the song like do what you will you know yeah. remix it interfere with it respond to it like don't use any of the stuff and just or just and just like create your own response to it so there's a short ish ep of those of the results of that sort of invitation to to some of my fellow artists to to participate like that so it's got a a remix by jay crocker joyful talk oh nice yeah and jay's track is he it's a remix in the sense that he did all the sound sources are from my recording but he chopped it up made a completely different like song structure like 
it's harmonically like totally different, <laughs> like it moves in different ways. So it's kind of a remix, but it's kind of just he created his own sort of song out of that. And then there's a track by Colleen Collins, oh, uh, yeah. who had been in Construction and Destruction, and now doing solo work. And Colleen's, I would say, I don't quite know how to describe it. She used some of my tracks, but she's also sort of singing over it and added a bunch of stuff. So it's kind of like an intervention, maybe, um, to the track. And then Dave Nardi, who plays bass on on my record and is in the Daniel Romano outfit, um, did a solo guitar version of the track. Oh, He's an ama- amazing finger-picking kind of guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like uh, sort of in that like, you know, American solo guitar kind of style type version of this, of his playing the track. So that's sort of straight up uh, an instrumental cover of it. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, Nick Dorado, uh, as Booty, did, I guess, what might be more sort of easily understood as like a sort of classic like remix of it. Like he took the tracks and manipulated them and did different things to them and made made a sort of alternate version of the, like oh, wow. quite alternate, very different version of the, of the song. So it's going to come out a couple weeks after the record, I think May 20, and it'll just be a digital release. Oh, cool. Um, of these sort of conversations like with these other artists. And it's really, it was really interesting for me to sort of follow through on that, on that idea of like inviting like other voices in, you know? And yeah. Really cool. Really stoked for people to hear it. It's like a, it's a sort of weird little alternate universe. It's a fairly mellow track. So like the, the <laughs> these remixes are all also sort of fairly, mellow so it's like kind of like a 20 minute weird ambient hopefully kind of totally beautiful experience like it's it's really cool so i can't wait to hear that that sounds great and i it also speaks to uh one of the things i really appreciate about you is your attempts at building community and 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 bringing people together on on projects whether it's uh, music festivals like sappy fest and your position uh, there at one point which you have left I, I should clarify for people and uh, but also you've changed records uh, it feels like a nice enough segue to ask if, if is there anything to talk about in terms of you've changed uh, beyond uh, the work that you've just described of your own um, anything that's coming up that we can I know it's probably there's a whole mechanism in place about revealing things yeah, but uh, <laughs> anything you're No, I mean I don't think there's any huge like secrets like yeah. there's a Burning Hell record coming out uh, at the end of June mm-hmm. which we've already released a few singles from and we'll be making sort of the formal announcement about the record I guess probably before this comes out so uh, fairly shortly there's of course some Daniel Romano stuff as always there's some some LP pressings of some of his Bandcamp uh, yeah. albums from 2020. Yeah. Uh, we started that as like sort of a separate catalog numbering series thing, the archive series. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first couple of those are coming out uh, really soon. And then there's some new Daniel Romano outfit music in the fall. Wow. There's some new status, non-status music in the fall. And what else is there? Oh, Juliana from The Outfit, her solo album. Oh, great. Which is absolutely fantastic. And that will come out in the fall as well. So that one probably won't be announced yet. So this is a little sneaky peek announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Buried at the the uh, end of the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's great. Yeah. 
but also not like some radical surprise probably yeah. for anybody. So yeah, uh, there's a, there's quite a lot of stuff on the go. There's a couple partner singles sort of throughout the year as mm-hmm. well. Um, one of which came out already, and then there's some more soon. So there's quite a lot, quite a lot happening. Um, yeah. So if people want to learn more about you and your record, and you've changed records, uh, can you just tell us where they can go to uh, discover such things? Yeah, I mean. Both myself, Stephen Lamke, and You've Changed Records are we're basically on all the social stuff. Yep. So you could probably find all that pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, by all the socials, I mean like the ones that forty-year-old <laughs> dudes use. Yeah, got it. Yeah, for sure. I know. I know what that means. Yeah. There's no TikTok. Not not a TikTok and no, yet. All the yeah. other ones I don't even know the names of. Yeah. But yeah, that stuff. Uh, You've Changed Records. dot com is an easy place to go. Yeah. Um, for that stuff too. So, or in the end, you know, Bandcamp as well. You've changed records. Dot Bandcamp, I guess it is. I mean, again, as we're speaking, things are a little strange. But opening up, do you plan to play shows? Is that? I mean, I know we can. We'll probably figure that out by following all the things you just said or going to the websites. But uh, are there things planned for you in terms? Do you think you're ready to do that to play some shows? I, I, I. I'm sort of emotionally and intellectually ready in one sense, but I don't have a lot of plans <laughs> right okay. now. Okay. Uh, specifically, if anybody wants to see me play, I would happily respond to any invitations. Okay. Um, but there's not, there's, there's some, I think I actually might do like the sort of at this point out of date thing of taping like a live show to put on, online <laughs> oh i see right 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 <laughs> at some point so um there will probably be that um but i don't know we'll see like it's uh there's a, still a lot of obstacles you know like to, yeah. to all yeah. that and i really admire people that are sort of bravely going out because uh it seems it seems hard still you know it seems hard and they are i don't mean to be a downer but like as we're speaking like there was that festival in texas and everyone came back with the thing they got yep. ill and yeah, yeah. so you're like it's not uh it's uh yeah anyway we hope for the best that's all we can do let's end let's end happily and and on that note uh steve uh as we're speaking this record's coming out um shortly volcano volcano is there a song from it that we can play for people so they can get a taste of what we've been talking about Oh, yeah, for sure. You can play the whole thing if you want. <laughs> I don't think that's a... F- that's very kind of you, but I think we should... I'd like them to go find it on their own. I ordered my copy, so hopefully people will get a taste of it and order their their copies from uh, the You've Changed site. But uh, no, that's... Yeah, that's I always think, appreciated, for sure. I, I think we should pick one song. That's my... I'm, okay. I'm laying down the law. What, what would you like to, to go out on? Well, should we do Bats and Blue Twilight just because we kind of talked about that a bunch? I was thinking that same thing as I was scanning the songs, and I think... uh, Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that. Okay. This is uh, Bats and Blue Twilight. As you're listening to this, picture uh, me and Steve uh, as teenagers driving around in his... uh, Was it off-white or beige? What color was that thing, that Volkswagen Rabbit? I was formerly white. Was it white? Say. It was just... It yeah, had a, it was white. It had like a dirt tinge? Uh, I can't it remember, had, yeah. It had some age, aged tinge. Oh, okay, that's what it was, yeah. Was yeah. A, it was a rumbly car, as I recall. Uh, oh, it was a diesel engine. Yeah, diesel, that's right. You know, it was a, like... <laughs> it was... I think it was maybe like a 1981 or yeah. something like Rabbit, Volkswagen Rabbit. So, yeah. you know, when we were teenagers, it was 
15 years old already, you know? And you you could drive standard, which was unusual uh, in our age, mm, age yeah. group, I think, too. You're truly the son of someone who knew how cars worked, uh, is all I'm getting at there. So uh, anyway, yeah, let's picture us in the car, driving around as you listen to this song, Bats in Blue Twilight from Volcano, Volcano by Stephen Lanky. Steve, thanks so much, as always, for your time and making time for me and being on the show and all your support. Uh, for me and and uh, I hope you enjoy this chat and that we uh, talk again soon. Absolutely, thanks for having me back, Vish. It's a tight fit. Every margin measured to the thousandth inch. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Nice to have Stephen Lamke back on the show. You know, Steve is... God, I think he's the most frequent guest. It's either him or Steve Albini. I think have been on at least once a year, pretty much, it seems. Almost. Steve's been on a bunch. Means a lot. As you could tell there, we're old friends, so it's nice to have him back, and uh, it's nice that we're both still doing something with our lives. (laughs) That's good. Thank you, Steve, for appearing on this, the 682nd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever... All of you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and you're looking for it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, I urge you to visit my website, vishtana.com. You can like Creative Control on social media, things like Facebook, or follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, uh, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram, at vishkana. Please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to uh, sustain this podcast and ostensibly cover some of the labor involved in making it. There's not really any other income sources uh, for this particular show. Marginal advertising, the in-kind sponsorships from some people are very nice. Uh, Some of the the companies I mentioned there, local businesses. Uh, But that's about it. So if you like the show and you like media like this and you want to support it in some some way please consider doing so six dollars or more a month grants you access to exclusive content uh, that uh, emanates from these new interviews and also from my archive of old interviews and also if you're interested in receiving a creative control t-shirt just message me on patreon and i'll get you one while supplies last again support independent media go to patreon.com slash creative control to make your donation today if you can Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca. Also to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show and providing me wares whenever I'm in the area, which has it's been a long time. Hopefully I can get back there soon. Thanks, as always, to Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Steve Lamke. I hope you'll check out Volcano Volcano, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends all about it, and maybe they'll do the same. Uh, and you can always just spread the word about this work if you, if you don't mind, if you don't mind doing that. Or you can do nothing. Just listen. Thank you very much. I will talk to you very soon. Be well. Bye for now. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.